0: and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Our text this morning is going to be in Isaiah chapter 23, Isaiah chapter 23, 13 and 14. prophet Isaiah, chapter 23, verses 13 and 14. The Word of God says, behold the land of the Chaldeans, this people, which was not Assyria, founded it for wild beasts and in the desert. They set up its towers, they raised up its palaces and brought them and brought it to ruin. You ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste. Wail, you ships of Tarshish, for your strength is weighed waste is laid waste amen this is a an interesting passage of scripture i want to teach a little bit about it we'll bow our heads first though heavenly father we thank you for the for the truth the depth the complexity of your word Your teaching god uh, help us instruct us today um, help us to be alert to be attentive god uh, and to, to to care deeply about your word because it is life it is light It'll help us, it'll bless us, it'll keep us in the direction that we need to go, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the prophet Isaiah, for those of you who are you know, somewhat aware of him, or perhaps not, prophet Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet, and uh, he has a tough job, a, a tough job. He gets to uh, be the guy preaching what God says whenever God is saying some things that you don't necessarily want to hear, right? Who wants, who, does anyone like to be the deliverer of bad news, you know, he's like, I don't want to be the one to tell everybody that. I don't want to be the one to deliver that. Yeah. It falls to the prophet Isaiah to be the bearer of bad news. And I, I, I couldn't help as I was studying, but, you know, say, man, I, I am blessed. Like, literally, my, jo- my whole job description is to preach the gospel, which translated means the good news. How easy do I have it, Right. You know, like even, even like the even the hard parts about the good news are still good news. Yes, I mean there is a heaven and there's a hell, but the good news is that Jesus died on the cross and and wants you to be saved. The heavenly Father loves you and cares enough to be, to to have His only begotten Son slain on a cross, crucified and tortured that we could be saved. That's good news. How lucky I am! How easy I have it to be able to get up every Sunday, and no matter what part of it or what tenor you know it takes, or which part we read, in the end, it's all about Jesus, and Jesus is good news, amen. I don't know how people get it so wrong sometimes. You ever been in a service where it's bad news all the time, and somehow the like the best news in the world had been warped to somehow feel negative? I've been, I, I, I've been like, man, this is. It's so good, but it feels so bad. Like, why are we framing everything like this? Why are we talking like it's good news? There's deliverance from sin. Yeah. There is freedom from bondage. There is love. There is grace. There is forgiveness. Amen. That's good news. And yeah, we do have to turn from our from our ways. We do have to submit ourselves, you know, to God and to into the path of the cross and redemption and forgiveness. But that's good news. We don't have to die lost. And there's nobody in the world. Who is more invested in your salvation and your recovery than Jesus and God the Father who sent him? That's good news. Isaiah doesn't get to give such good news, he's, he's prophesying the fall. Of the people that he loves, he's prophesying all the negative and terrible things to the pe- that are going to happen to the people of God. They have you know lived in sin, they have forsaken God, they follow false gods, they're doing everything wrong, literally everything wrong. And now um, there's other nations, particularly the Assyrians, who have come in and all these different ones, and they are attacking. Uh, the- he's watching the betrayal happen from Egypt. You know who they thought was their ally. He's he's seeing all this stuff terrible, ne- terrible negative stuff, and he has to go and then prophesy and preach bad news. Like, hear ye, hear ye, bad news. Because of what you have done, the enemy is going to come in. He's going to destroy. And he's giving some particular bad news in this passage of Scripture if you study into it. He's talking about the fall of cities, the fall of a nation. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. There's a lot of different ways um, that the Assyrians would wage war. And whenever they came to a walled city, there's a lot of things that you could do. You have some options on how you want to attack the people of God. So first of all, I mean, you, you would uh, you, know, you would try and starve them out, lay a siege you know, around them. So you try and keep any food from getting on there. We remember lots of scriptures where, uh, uh, where the, the people of Israel are encircled. And you know, next thing you know, like they're, they're eating each other. It's a bad deal because the starvation is happening. And they've laid siege. There's no food. There's no water. There's no hope. That's what happens when the enemy circles. Right? You ever feel spiritually like that? You ever feel like in your, your like no matter what's going on, like no matter what you do or how hard you try in the morning to have a good day, maybe with your spouse or maybe with your friends or maybe at your job, at your church, take your pick. And it seems that no matter how you try to start, it's just negativity. Nothing can go right. It seems like nothing good is coming in. And next thing you know, you are you're tearing each other up. You know, you're you're, you're going after, you're attacking each other and you just feel so isolated from God, isolated from hope and the people of God. I think especially as you know, Pastor Dave was talking about how it could be easy to feel that way you know, over the last six, 10 weeks. You feel like you're, there's a siege and the regular inflow you know, of relationship you know, and, and, and love and support that's just not there and you feel isolated and, and you feel besieged. That's one way the Assyrians would do it. Now, sometimes they would just attack straight on ladders up the walls, siege towers, and they would just you know swords and you know and battle axes and spears you know a clash of armies and they would just you know just go go for it. However, this particular passage of scripture, uh, you know in this in this chapter, they're referencing something that you really have to dig and be a nerd almost to find. Fortunately for you, <laughs> that I am. <laughs> Big, big nerd, I love to study in like that, you know, the, the, the details of what's going on in this passage um, the one other thing that these Syrians would do, they would undermine um, the place you ever heard that word before? Undermine? why do you always undermine me in front of my friends? You know? you, you, you're the, maybe you're the boss, you're the director at work and, and someone's always undermining you every five seconds you're like, I don't think you should do it like that Yeah, you know, constantly you, know, you, ever, you ever had that? Somebody, somebody undermine you? I don't know where Brother Derek is, but well, you guys work into flooring together. I feel like there's some mutual undermining that happens as you work together on projects. You ever, you ever, you ever had something, you, you undermine, like you, you, you kind of come behind my point, you know, and, and, and you, you kind of mess it up, and like, what, what are you doing? Why are you trying to sabotage me? Why are you trying to undermine me? Right? Yeah, I, I, when I think of the word undermining, I think of someone who is always making snarky remarks... Maybe undermining my confidence, right? Undermining my confidence. Like, I, I don't know. Ladies, you ever had somebody come and say something just snarky like that? And like, oh, you look comfortable today. <laughs> Wasn't trying to look comfortable. I was trying to look nice. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, it's yellow. Oh, <laughs> painted it that color. That's yellow. Yes, it's yellow. I like it. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about like just straight on telling you how ugly it is. Just the undermining. Just like, oh yeah, you did another gray wall, Pastor Joe. Wow. Man, that's, it's gray. And you can tell. By by the way, if you're that person, let me, on behalf of the whole congregation, we can tell. We can tell when you're being snarky. You're not sneaky. All right, stop. Stop doing it. Whoever you are. Somebody came here just for that. Stop, you're not sneaky. Everybody knows that you're undermining and that you're, you're, uh, you're being mean. Amen. Sometimes it's a lot worse than that because some of us have, you know, little silly stuff because I'm going to paint every wall in the world gray. I don't care what, what anybody thinks. I love gray. I, I don't care. Um, but that's not... A, yeah, amen. Thank you. you. You felt that, sis. Paint it paint the color you want to paint it. However, not always is it that simple or clear. Sometimes people will knowingly or unwittingly undermine important things in your life. And even if they don't come out and say it, you know, nobody, nobody will ever love you. you know, and nobody would say it like that. But they'll say things like, if you continue to do the things that you do and you act the way you do, ain't nobody ever going to love you. you know, and so they'll couch it in something that's a little more acceptable. You'll never you're nothing. You you will you will have this you know going on on and on and on. You know. uh, you 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 maybe somebody told you you were ugly. Maybe somebody told you that you were without uh, without a purpose. I have been undermined. Have you? Sure. Even even without meaning to, you know, a, a wonderful friend of mine one time did some of the most damaging work in a conversation that we had, and didn't even I wasn't even aware, had no idea or intention, but it just undermined my value and my you know the concept that I had of what I thought maybe God could do in my life. It was just so deeply hurt. And it didn't say I couldn't do it, but it just made me feel that way. It undermined my confidence and you know, my, my belief in what God was trying to do in my life. See, the definition of undermining is to lessen the effectiveness, power, or ability of something, especially gradually and insidiously. You like that word, insidiously, sneakily, but also wickedly, you know? Like a sneaky wickedness, like that's what insidious means. Like you know, uh, with negative intent, you know, gradually or insidiously, some people will do that uh, in a relationship. They will continue to undermine you know the confidence of, of that person because maybe they're afraid um, that you know they're going to leave them or something. So they, they, they continue like you know chipping away and hurting that person because they think if if I create this codependency, um, you know, and I'm always negative and I just kind of break them down enough, then I can manipulate them and that I can maybe uh, I can make sure they never leave me. People do that. And that is wicked. That is wrong. That, mu- that should never be acceptable in a, in a marriage or a relationship. You're right. Amen? You're right. Undermining. Have you ever felt undermined? Have you ever done that to somebody? Amen. Amen. First one's easier to say amen to than the second, but it's probably both true, isn't it? I know we all have. I have. I've been negative, whether I was just mad at somebody or or maybe I was intimidated because I thought they were so awesome. And every chance I get, I I would kind of, you know, pop their balloon. Why don't you just be delivered from the ministry of balloon popping of other people, okay? Because God didn't call you to it. Amen? God didn't place you on the earth to undermine somebody else and to constantly keep them humble. It's God's job to keep them humble. You keep you humble. I'll keep me humble. We, we don't want to attack people and constantly just be, 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 be trying to hurt them and trying to bring them back down because maybe whatever, because you're mad at them because of jealousy. That's such a negative cycle. Amen? God did not give you the, uh, the ministry of keeping everybody around you humble, and he didn't me either. here's the actual meaning because I'm going, I'm, I'm getting, we're getting to the word, but we need to understand what, what exactly is going on here. Um, in this passage of scripture, I use the word undermine because what that word actually means is it's a, it's a tactic. It's a battle tactic to destroy a city filled with people. You know, that's insidious. It's an insidious thing. What you would do is you would see the walls, you know, the wall's so high. We can't possibly break that down. I mean, it's too strong. It's too high. It's too well defended. The city's too well supplied. So what are we going to do? If we could just get in there, we could destroy. We could steal everything. We could kill everybody. And these armies on the outside said, what what can we do? And so they begin to dig a tunnel deep under the ground. And they would tunnel right up under the wall. They never, and I, I always thought that would not work because then I was like, you know, what if they're trying to come up out of a hole, you know, on the other side? Then they're going to get stabbed. You know, that, that, that wouldn't be a good idea. But it was never about that. And I, even me, much as a history nerd as I was, I did not understand this. But we need to today because the Bible's teaching about it. They would dig a huge mine shaft right underneath the wall. And then prop it up with timber framing, you know, like trees and everything. And so they would dig and remove all the earth. And then when they were good and ready and no one was expecting, then they would pull those timbers out, those, the, the wood out. And then the floor would collapse and the whole wall would begin to crumble. And next thing you know, it's all crumbled into the earth. And there's a wide open chasm right between the where the wall used to be. And they would run into the city and do murder and kill and sack the city and destroy everyone. You know how they did it? They undermined the wall to get into the city and to spoil it, to to destroy the people of God. And wow, it exploded in my spirit when I understood what these people had done to get into God's people's cities and to destroy it. They didn't need to climb over the walls, they didn't need to attack it head on or batter down the gates. Sneakily, below the surface, things were going on. Things were being removed. Foundations were being shifted. And then all of a sudden, it looked like the city was secure. It looked like everything was gonna be A-okay. The, the armies have retreated, our walls stand, the food is in the we're fine. And all of a sudden, the walls would collapse. And in would pour the enemy and destroy the people of God. Wow. And as I heard the angst in the prophet's voice, as he thought about what he'd seen happen and how he'd seen cities destroyed, and lives destroyed, and relationships, and everything that had happened to his people, and he wept because he had bad news. He had seen what happens when the people of God are undermined. And I began to think about how the enemy will still do that today in our lives. Not always is he going to attack your marriage. Let me get into some preaching and teaching and whatever's between, if I may. Amen? Amen. In our relationships, in our marriages, not always does He just bring you know uh, sin and lust and temptation just right down you know right down you know the, the main you know main street right. Oh, but what the enemy loves to do, he loves to do in secret. He loves to do, he loves to undermine. He loves to dig away at the foundations. He likes to undermine your confidence in in God. He loves to undermine uh, your belief and your faith in him. He likes to undermine your purpose. So if he can remove you from your purpose in the kingdom, well, it won't be too long until you just don't see any point in being a part of the kingdom. He will remove that and, and he won't do it all at once because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. We got to establish that. Greater is he. Devil devil never won a fair fight in his life. Not from the beginning, not to the end. Even whenever he tempted Eve, he had to come in in disguise. Never before has the enemy won a fair fight. That's why he don't fight fair. He undermines. He he comes against you. Uh, you Let me tell you this. He will undermine your perspective of how you think people see you. That's a big one. Some of y'all sitting right here, and you're so hard on yourselves, and you're so hateful and hard on yourselves on my behalf, making up in your mind, and I'm just saying me, but whoever, yeah, you know, I am me, so I'll use me as the example. The, the enemy has, has undermined what you think that maybe somebody else thinks about you. Oh, they hate me oh that girl she, she, she didn't shake my hand that one time she wasn't allowed to it was quarantine you know get over it <laughs> that wasn't what it was about but how, how stupid is that that happens right like, this person Adam stole my seat you know he wouldn't let me sit in his seat whatever it is Newman I mean just whatever it is you can allow things to, to undermine your, the love and confidence and next thing you know you got a whole room full of people who care about you and you are convinced that they're all looking at you crossways. that is the lion devil at his best I don't belong here. People don't, people don't really care about me. It's a lie. But he's undermining that. And he'll use little silly things, little misunderstandings usually, right? right. Uh, misunderstandings in the church. Let's write a book. Right? Let's write a big old book about how many times when you know, somebody didn't mean it that way, but the enemy just kind of got on the shoulder and began to tempt him and, and to say, you know, he, he does, they don't like you or they don't care about you. They never ask you to do this or, or whatever. And these people love you. And the enemy hates you. And we're going to walk on his marching orders. No, let it not be so. But that's the undermining work of the enemy. See, when the enemy's not strong enough to attack a fortress, he'll undermine it. So let me, let me bless you and say, maybe you're, maybe you're too strong. Your marriage is too strong to be attacked head on, and I bless God for it. But maybe it's not too strong to be undermined. Right? She don't love me anymore. He don't care about me. Let me just get right into it. Yeah. You know? I appreciate my wife. I love her. But I know that we are not above anything save the grace of, by the grace of God. And I need to do a good job of supporting and saying, you know, I still love you. I still care about you. And I'll do it through my actions and through my words because I don't want the stinking enemy, I hate him so bad, to come in and undermine how I feel about my wife and her mind. Amen. And wife, you need to make sure that you don't give the enemy a foothold in your marriage by allowing undermining to happen. You say, "Just in case you didn't know, you big goof, cuz husbands are I still love you. And I'm still committed to doing this thing with you till the end. And I'm going to do my best. And I'm with you." And the enemy's a liar. And you Drive me nuts sometimes, but you don't. You, but you don't drive me away. We're gonna walk it out, husbands. You need to say you, you, In the words of a six-year-old, I don't know why I remember this. Yeah, I read it, it was. It was in this. Uh, it was in this. I don't know, times you know or something like that. Time magazine, and it was like all the worst compliments that um, that little boys give you know to other girls, and it was so funny. And uh, the, it, Timmy, who was age five, they said, "What's the best compliment?" that you can give, you know, a girl. And he said, tell her she looks pretty even if she looks like a truck. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, Timmy. <laughs> Don't allow the enemy to undermine your relationship, your marriage, amen? Be skillful, be understanding, be, be vigilant and wary. Don't allow the enemy to undermine your friends. Come through with a word of encouragement in due season. Get filled with the Holy Spirit and be led to be somebody who walks in the room and makes you feel better and that there is hope instead of making you feel negative. If you see a brother or sister struggling, let's not be just one who will just talk about it. Let's do things to try to push them toward Christ and toward God and to open up opportunities and conversations to where we can bless them and, and not just criticize. Let, 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 let's not let no undermining happen in our friendships, amen? Let's not do it. Whenever we see a brother or sister struggling and they say these weird things like, you know, I'm kind of cerebral. I'll get right in and say it and then you know what I'm talking about. I do that to you guys sometimes. Maybe they say something like, uh, yeah, I'm sure that'll fail too. I have no, I'm no, you know, I'm. I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure I'll goof that up as well. And then you have one of two ways you can go with it. be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> You're a goof. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then some of you right now are thinking, well, that's just how our relationship is. That's just how it, well, maybe it stinks. <laughs> maybe it's not that good because sometimes when people say that, they really mean it. And there is a desperate cry for you to contradict them and what the enemy has told them about themselves. Yeah. Maybe it's not just a joke. Maybe it's like, you know, nobody would miss me if I was gone anyway. I've missed you with every shot so far. (laughs) Depression was living in that situation. Anxiety and just a feeling of uselessness that if you really did drop into a hole and never be seen again, that nobody would really care. We need to get aware of the traps and the undermining of the enemy in people's lives and rebuke it with a good word of God. Rebuke it with the Spirit of God. He is for you, not against you. And you know what, as a matter of fact, you you could talk at me all day, but there is nothing that you cannot do if God's right in the middle of it, according to His will and His plan for your life. God loves you. God don't make trash. You might act bad, but God has good for you. And let me tell you, no matter how bad you've goofed it all up and how many times... God still does good better than you do bad. That's right. That's right. So no, I'm not going to get on your bandwagon of beating yourself down, and I'm not going to even let you do it in my presence because God loves you, and I don't like it when you talk about you who is my friend in that way. See, I'm offended at the way you talk about yourself because I have a relationship with yourself and I believe in yourself. Now I think yourself's not too bad. And I will not let the enemy undermine your purpose and all the beauty that God created you to exist in and to accomplish with your discouraged, whiny self. Because the enemy is tempting you and coming against you. I'm not going to do it. Yes, they undermine the walls of the people of God, the enemy still does that today. He'll do it in your church. Amen? He'll He'll do it with the leadership. Sister Evelyn, he'll, he'll say, you know, and me and, me and Sister everyone are tight, so we're good. So I can use her as an example. Um, he'll say, Pastor Joe don't care about you. Ain't nobody care about you. Pa- Pastor Joe, he, he, was, he was talking about you in his sermon. Oh, Because anytime something happens, every sermon seems like it's about that situation. And here I'm preaching about 10 lepers, and you're like, you're talking about my depression. No, that's not what that story is even about. But whenever we're listening for something, we hear it. Let me tell you something. If you listen for long enough, if you listen for a lie long enough, you'll hear it. Because the enemy's like, I got one. You, you want to hold, hold a grudge? I'll give you something. I'll give you something to work out. I'll give you something to chew on. Look at, look at Sister So-and-so. Look at that. Look at, you know, listen to that. You hear what you... Oh, if we are if we're ready to be offended, if we are in line to be offended, the enemy will come to the party with everything he needs. You say, what do you want? You know, I, I'll find you a reason to think that you know that, that 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 they hate you or that they you know they, that they're talking about you. I'm telling some truth. This is kind of like a, a tough one, right? There's a, there's, a, there's a lot a lot of stuff going on in this message. But I'm just trying to preach to you. Do not let the enemy undermine yourself or your friends, your relationships, your church relationship. People are for you. Pastor Dave is for you. Amen. If he, and if he happened to make eye contact with you when he said rank sinner or you know <laughs> then it was not by purpose we gotta look somewhere you know I'm, un, I'm undoing a whole lot of stuff today you know a bunch of excuses i looked at my wife when i said that so that's the only person i knew i could get away because <laughs> she's not but sometimes it seems that way especially when we are hurt or we're looking for a reason to be hurt amen let us be unoffendable let's guard against that i'm almost done preaching it's been a while i preached pretty long today but uh, I care about you and I want to bless you and I want to teach you what the word of God would have you to say and see and hear there is I told you it was good news it hadn't felt like good news for a while like for 28 minutes it has not felt like good news but I do have good news Proverbs 18 and 10 you know what it says? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and yes. are safe. And let me tell you, my friend, if you can't find no kind of safety in who you are, if you look at your life and you can't find any kind of safety or purpose or anything good to feel about, if you look at yourself and you say, why would you even want to undermine me? There's nothing to undermine. I'm a pile of rubble as it is. to the Lord whose walls are strong and high and impervious to being undermined by the enemy. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. You say, I don't know what anyone is undermining this about you and your life but let me tell you, Jesus Jesus blood Jesus saves, Jesus loves you Jesus cares about you Jesus is with you through every storm and every trial. Jesus Jesus and likewise Jesus is the name of the Lord. I run to that whenever I don't feel no good. I run to that whenever I feel like I've been betrayed and I've been hurt. Jesus never done nothing but good to me and I know that he will be there. When everybody walks out, Jesus is still there. He can undermine my looks. I can I, it don't matter. I can look like a truck. <laughs> According to little Billy, it don't matter because Jesus looked at me and he saw the image of himself, the image of the Father worth dying on a cross, being tortured to death and murdered and coming back for when he saw me. I don't care what nobody told you. I don't care what you think. It does not matter because Jesus, if you're feeling bad, your marriage is falling apart, Jesus, Jesus can restore my relationship's so broken. It's so messed up. I can't stand him and he can't stand me. It don't matter anymore. Yeah, there's nothing left to save. Let me tell you one thing. The story of us all is a broken relationship between the created and the creator. So broken that he literally couldn't look at us or even be with us because his nature was counter to what we had involved ourselves in. Oh, and God the Father searched the span of the universe through time and space and found but one sacrifice, one shot that that relationship had of coming back together. (laughs) Ha-ha. There was one shot in the universe and he took it. Even knowing that some of us would walk away took that chance, he took that shot and even though it cost him the one thing that could bankrupt heaven, which was his only son to die on a sinner's cross he saved me not through any good that I have done not through any worth that I have garnered in myself or any work that I can do for the rest of my life it was not about that, it was just the blood, because, and you know why I'm not going to go to hell? you know what? Because whenever God looks at me on Judgment Day, He won't just see me anymore. He sees the blood of Jesus. And that is why the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be saved. And it is not righteousness or works lest any man should boast, but it is the blood of Jesus. So let me tell you this. If He can do all that and fix that broken relationship talk about toxic relationships me a sinner him a perfect holy God that is a toxic relationship but through the sanctification of the blood of Jesus Christ we can come together and be reunited as one again so let me tell you about your relationship your marriage it ain't that far gone sweetheart it ain't that far gone brother it ain't that far gone he can do a work a miracle work here's the good news. Put your heart within his walls and it'll be beyond being undermined by the attacks of the enemy or the opinions of men. Put your broken heart within the walls of his name. Put your marriage, come to the altar, give your marriage over to the walls that cannot be undermined. Give it to Jesus. Let it be in the name of Jesus. Your fear, your doubt, your anxiety, all the things that you're trying to protect and you're huddled away from the world and you're trying to protect those things, your family, your children, give them to Jesus. Bring them into the walls of the name of Jesus. Your ministry. Your future, all the things that can cause us fear and consternation, bring them to Jesus.